When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh my God, guys, it has been a minute since the Flipside podcast has recorded an episode and what a great way to return. We've got Gabby Ravito, AKA the feisty hippie here today. And she does many things. I'm excited to figure out all of the things that she does, but I know some of those things include tarot readings and just being a cool ass human being. So I'm very, very excited to have her here and yeah, see where we go in this upside down conversation. Thank you so much for having me on. I actually, um, I had found the Flipside podcast through our Kundalini course. And the other week I was visiting a friend who lives six hours away. So I'm, I had listened to one of the episodes a couple of days before and I really liked it. So I'm like, okay, I will binge the entire podcast on this drive. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> I did, I did it. You're welcome. Yeah. I had done it. And then I'm like, I want to be on this podcast. And now here I am on this podcast. See, ask and you shall receive. That is the way. I also, I love you. Thank you for listening to all of the episodes. Like, I appreciate you. This is why I do what I do is that at least somebody is listening. <laughs> like, no, you basically did. <laughs> I did for for honestly no good reason but I did um I did enjoy it a lot I'm really picky with the podcasts I listen to because to me if you can't grab my attention I'm not listening I don't know if you know audible but yeah. I cannot fucking listen to an audiobook no it's I'm like the, the same more way. person speaking yeah I'm the same way yeah there's like a couple on there that I've been able to listen to and then you know Sometimes I just don't have the time or like a lot of the times I wish I could read with my eyes closed. I know that doesn't make any sense, but you know, it's just like, I'm tired, but like, I would love to have some information. So I'm like, okay, audiobook, And it is like a book that everybody's recommending. You need to read this one. And I'm like, why did they pick this guy to read this book? Because I, now I'm never going to get the information. I know I'm this, you know, might catapult my finances tenfold that's what everybody's saying but I'm like this they picked the wrong audio guy so you know Literally. I get you <laughs> yes oh my god that's hilarious I'm the same way or like I'll hyper fixate on one subject and then I'll listen to all of the podcasts on the one subject whether it's damn or any literally anything I'm like let me go down the rabbit hole and then I will report back to you all what works I think I'm looking in a mirror right now. And I like, I didn't know what, like, I've never met anybody else who does that, but that's me. It's like all or nothing. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's also my anxious attachment style, but that's a whole, <laughs> it's a whole other thing that we can talk about. Um, Girl, we can talk about that too. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. It's so funny. Now, now that I'm thinking about it, it's like, how do you find yourself in the metaphysical space? It's like when you really like start looking and talking to every single person, it's like, what's a common denominator? It's like either a sense of abandonment issue. <laughs> it's like seeking solace. 
like seeking meaning, anxious attachment. So, you know, we're all in good company. If you have one of those things, don't worry. You are just human. So it is all good. (laughs) So anyway, I want to kind of like figure out who you are because I I already am vibing with you and we both do Kundalini together, which is awesome. And, you know, we're in different areas of the country. So I love again, shout out Kylie. I I honestly have to just say shout out Kylie every episode because it's like, as you should. Yeah. As you, as you should. Um, because yeah, now we have been connected with each other doing Kundalini when we didn't even know, you know, how far away we are. And we connected here. So this is very, very exciting, but I want to know too. So I've seen a lot of your tarot videos, which I personally love tarot. We've had a couple of tarot readers on here before. Um, but I want to know how you got into that. Like, is that your main thing? Like, what do you do in the space that you would say, like, is the, the feisty hippie brand, if there is one, that's kind of like an annoying question sometimes, but yeah. Who are you? Wonderful question. Um, I would say that I've tried on 800 identities in my lifetime. Um, So I can answer that question in a multitude of ways. But right now I'm kind of rebranding my, I do do spiritual life coaching, but I'm rebranding the way that I do that in terms of actually figuring out who I want to work with because a lot of the time as you know a life coach or someone who has this purpose or feels like they should be helping people um people will be pulled to you and you're like oh yeah let me have this conversation with this person and then they're like why don't you tell everyone about this um (laughs) so through that right now I've kind of been looking at the lens of who do I actually want to work with and it always comes back to um entrepreneurs or someone who's in the space of like I want to create something besides that what do I do I would say subconscious reprogramming is the main thing everything that I do it falls under that umbrella so um tarot cards are one way tarot doesn't necessarily reprogram your subconscious but it makes you aware of the subconscious patterns there's a whole multitude of beliefs of how tarot works my personal opinion is that your subconscious mind is projected onto the cards and then it tells you what the fuck is happening um i also do hypnosis i do kundalini as well i've taught like um one or two containers with kundalini which is always exciting but I do the daily practice in the angel course. So I need to set a lot of time aside. If I want to like go full force, let me make a container just for Kundalini. And I think right now I'm trying to combine all of my things to make like Mm -hmm. one major thing. Um, Are you familiar with human design? I am. And I feel like this is, you know, it's something that, um, do you know, Gaia, like with all the, the videos, that platform, there was this one show called the, the buzzsaw that I used to watch and listen to. And I fucking loved that show. The guy who was the host was amazing. Um, I think actually, you know, now I'm thinking about it. I think he was a bit of an inspiration of why I wanted to even do this type of, of work and, and talk to people in the same area. Cause he had a guy on there probably, I think that episode was 2016 and he had a human design guy on there and I had never heard of it before. And it's cool to see, cause I, I still didn't really dive too deep into it after that episode. It was interesting, but now I'm starting to see human design, you know, take a little bit of a, a not a mainstream, but more of a, a space and it's really, really interesting. So. Yes, I am. Um, the reason I bring it up is because 
I'm like, I'm a manifesting generator. It's one of the four types in human design. They say if the world was made for one type of person, it would be the manifesting generator, Lucky. Um, which I could see, you know, but at the same time, I can't see it. It's just the person who has a lot of energy to do all of the things. Love it. Like I can go and do all of the things, but the question is, if you're a man, Jen, it's like, am I going to waste time on doing a bunch of things that I don't necessarily have to do or want to do just because I can do them? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's also the space that I've been navigating recently, which is, do I actually want to do this or is this just my conditioning telling me I should do it? Wow. I feel like I am on that same path currently too. Like I've had that thought recently. Yeah. 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 I'm a generator apparently. Okay, then we're we're basically the same. The only yeah. difference is I have a defined um we both have defined sacral center. So mm-hmm. human design is super cool because it actually if you look at the centers, they're almost like chakra points. So it will tell you which chakras are consistent for you. Oh. Or something kind of that sort. If you're a human design expert listening to this, you're going to be like, "She's wrong. Don't listen to her." Um <laughs> But what, from what I can understand of it, right, you have these energetic centers on your human design chart. Yeah. And they, they're similar to chakras. Some of them are a little extra. Like there's this thing called an ego center, mm. um, which I can talk about that too. That's a whole other thing. But with the centers on the human design chart, some of them are undefined. That means that the energy is not consistent there. So that's where all of your conditioning comes in, where you're told like, this is how you should act. Mm. Um, the difference between the generator and the man gen, the generator has, um, or the man gen, let's put it this way. We both have defined sacral center. So our energy is consistent in our sacral chakra. Um, we can feel into our body when something is like a yes or no, they use this term in, um, human design, which is like what lights you up. And that would be like the sacral rush of like, this is lighting me up right now. So I know like, this is a yes. Yeah. But, um, with the man gen me my sacral center is connected to my throat so it's easy for me to go ahead and tell you this is how i feel and i'm going to put it all on display for you with the generator it could be more difficult you know what you're feeling but getting it out there is like what the fuck she just read me (laughs) (laughs) y'all like facts and it's so funny that you said that because this is this the other thing too is that um the one thing about human design that always got me a little bit, not confused, uh, so to speak, but more um, curious is because of that aspect where it's like, okay, if it's based on our birth dates as like, say astrology or numerology is as well, like that was the part that's so interesting. So it's based on my birthday, but, and so still though, I'm defined in this way that even through all of my life experience, like it is difficult for me to express the way I feel. (laughs) Yes. Something that I was actually just talking about um, before this with someone was she had told me like her number one goal in life is to be happy consistently. And I I was I'm like, that's a great fucking goal, but I'm sorry to tell you it doesn't work. (laughs) Like, yeah, there's this area in your human design chart as well. It's the solar plexus. And if you have a defined solar plexus, you go through what's called an emotional wave. So you experience really high highs, then really low lows, and then you neutral out. And some people, you know, we just fucking function that way. And it's the world will tell us 
Like this isn't normal. You need to fix this. You have to feel consistent. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't, it doesn't have to be like that. It's about actually noticing like I'm in the high or I'm in the low and I know it's going to neutral out. So I shouldn't make my decision yet. I need to right. wait for the emotional wave to just calm down. Right. Oh, I need to look if I have that placement again. Cause I, I feel that sometimes too. <laughs> yeah, I would love to see your chart too. After we're done recording this, I can tell you anything you want to know. Oh, not anything. The- I'm not an expert, but I know about the centers. Okay. I will give, I, I will let you in after this. That's amazing. Thank you. I, I appreciate this. Yeah. So, okay. So I, I, one thing I really want to just piggyback on right, right now is the tarot card thing that you said, because that is what I'm starting to recognize because I have a deck myself and I just, I've ultimately liked it for, you know, whatever reasons personally. But I think when you first get a deck, there's this misconception that you're like, oh, I need a gift to read this, you know, or like, this is going to be a spirit talking to me. And I think a lot of people too, when they get a little bit freaked out, they're like, oh, like this person can like see spirits or whatever. And it's like, I I've talked about this on other episodes. I think I'm a really good third party for all of these types of conversations. Like I'm, I can ground the metaphysical information into the 3d really well, but I was never the person that's like, I can look at, Oh, look, there's, there's somebody in my room. Like I didn't get that, you know? And I, I know that other people have have that gift, but, um, yeah, the tarot card thing that you said, it really, for me has been that subconscious, like, how can I interpret whatever's going on in my life based on these visuals? And then I can put whatever I'm thinking into the, the spread. So yes. I love how you put that. Yeah. Cause I agree. Thank you. Yeah. It's, um, It's very interesting because, you know, your conscious mind, we think that we're living the most conscious lives and we're on the journey to expand our consciousness, right? But in the reality, the most you can expand your consciousness is like 5% of your brain capacity. The subconscious mind, it rules 95 to 99% of your brain. So you can consciously think like, this is the way things are working out. This is what I have to do to logically get to this place. And then you do the tarot reading and it's, it just tells, you no, honey, <laughs> it doesn't work that way. Right. And I think too, something that I recently heard, which I really appreciate is like a lot of the times when people get on a path of like, oh, they're connecting to that spiritual side of themselves. They start to forget that they're human and they start to discredit all of the human experiences when in reality, like there's no way of escaping that in this you know, moment. So I like that reflection too. Yeah, people are, um, they're very like all up in the, the head, like the crown chakras and stuff, because it goes from this game of like living in the root chakra and being in survival mode, and then having a spiritual awakening and being Mm -hmm. able to like acknowledge the fact that you were in survival mode. So then you're like, let me ascend into the craziest, most expansive version of myself and you lose all of your grounding. Mm-hmm. And then you have no long-term vision for yourself. Right. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> yep. I have been there. Like, you know, uh, in multiple moments, you'll start to find that like you, you just discredit the reality around you. Cause you're like, oh, like, no, it's going to be, you know, whatever you're feeling up here. And then you're like, no, then you kind of get forced back down onto the ground. <laughs> Every time there is this, um, 
there's this card in the tarot deck. It's the tower. I don't know if you're familiar with it. Yes. So that card is all about like you building on an unsturdy foundation and trying to move up and keep building and building. And eventually the entire tower comes crashing down because you weren't meant to build on something that wasn't sturdy into the earth. You know, I don't believe that you're on this earth to like fucking ascend. There's no, I think that there's soul growth, but I don't think that you're here so that one day you will become a complete light being and you'll just say like peace out to everyone around you that hasn't happened so why do people think that i'm not saying people think that that will happen but why are people so hyper fixated on becoming psychic or doing all of these different things um i think psychic abilities are great i think tapping into your intuition is great i actually teach you how to do that um in my tarot course but it's for the purpose for you to communicate with your spirit guides or Mm -hmm. you know your guardian angels whatever the universe whatever you want to call it so that you can take that knowledge or those messages and integrate them into your real life it's not so that you can like right become holier than thou because you are all knowing oh i love that life is beautiful sorry i just saw her mug and it it distracted me because it's so real life is beautiful no okay so i love this so you do tarot classes too which i didn't write i didn't know that yeah so um i do i have a tarot course actually i teach people how to read tarot cards um and i don't do it in the way of like here are the 78 card meanings and memorize them right i kind of developed this formula which was like I need, I need to create this course because I developed the Krabby, Krabby Patty formula of tarot reading. And I always say that um, (laughs) because I just think it's so true. So when you look at the tarot deck, you have an element associated with with each suit. The pentacles is earth, um, swords is air, cups is um, water, et cetera. And then the major arcana would represent the spirit. So in my course, I focus on helping you establish what the cards mean to you, which is different than here's what the card means. You know what I mean? I give you different exercises to help you learn what the fuck the card means and how your subconscious is showing you what the card means. Um, Because the card meaning changes depending on who's reading it, which is a whole other thing. If you're not familiar with that. Hmm. Go into that. Yeah, so I always use this example. Essentially, your guides, I do, I don't do like crazy channeling. I'll do channeling in the form of like I go in meditation and I call in on my spirit guides or my ancestors and I have them like show me messages. So mm-hmm. I'm clairvoyant. So I can, I, any, everyone is clairvoyant. I'm not going to like put a fancy label on it. If your eyes are open right now and you can visualize yourself outside in a forest standing there, you can see your feet on the ground. That's you using your clairvoyance. Oh, that's I you using this. your third eye. You I know, it's, this. it's simple. Yeah. yeah um, sorry, I, don't, I don't mean to cut you off at all, but I, I've tr- been trying to tell people this too. It's like when they, when they say like, oh, I'm, I'm not psychic or I'm not w- whatever it is. I mean, I can't see like the spirits. Like, I feel like that I can't see dead people or anything like that. Other people have those gifts, but I, I feel like I have more of that, like clear audience thing where you can like hear things or you can, you can visualize. And so I think everybody can have, like has something that they can tap into for sure. Yeah. They say you have one to two dominant clairs. 
Um, Claire would just mean like your intuitive, like the Claire senses we can say are your intuitive abilities that are associated with a certain scent. So things like smelling that's less likely, tasting is less likely, um, but hearing, seeing, feeling, if you do Reiki or if anyone listening does um, some type of energy work, your hands get super tingly. You've probably felt it in Kundalini too when you're rubbing the palms of your hands together. That's your clear sentience. And the more you actually um, work on rubbing your hands or feeling the energy in between different body parts, you you can actually like I know this is this is a little woo woo right now, but you can you can send energy out through the palms of your hands. You know what I mean? That's those are literally healing hands. Um, forgot what I was saying before. That. Oh, the um when you were clairvoyant, you can you can oh see yes yourself. yes yes. So um. <laughs> so when I do channeling, right, I will see, like, I'll call in on my guides and I'll ask them for messages and I'll see them like in certain yeah. pictures and I'll do it for my clients usually before a session. And the thing is, if I tell my clients the things that I'll see, they'll be like, what the fuck are you saying? Because the symbols that come to you are only for you. Right. The messages are for them, but the symbols that you're supposed to interpret are for you. And I'll give you um, an example. I was once reading someone and they were, sh I was kept seeing like a banana being peeled. And I'm like, oh, the solar plexus like is being strengthened and like a new layer is being revealed. Um, but if I'm like, t I told her that and that resonated, you know, what the solar plexus represents. And I was giving this person, I think like, I forgot what kind of reading it was, but the main issue was something like about codependency and her needing to assert her boundaries. So that resonated with her. Um, but if I was to just tell her like, yeah, so I saw this banana being peeled, like you eat any bananas recently, she'd be like, what are you saying? Um. <laughs> oh, isn't that funny? And that's the, that's the gift of being the professional who's like, okay, now I can, I can figure out how best to you know, tailor this reading to whomever I'm working with. And I think that's the difference of like, you know, everybody having an ability, but it's like, how do you interpret that so that you can help others? And then, you know, mm -hmm. th there you got a career. It's yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's all about understanding, you know, the symbolism and how spirit will speak to you or whatever you believe in. I'm not going to say like it's something or it's nothing. It could just even be your own mind because mm. at the end of the day, quantum physics, you know, it proves that we're creating our reality. So mm. the synchronicities that are around us, they don't necessarily need to be from this like higher power. They could just be your subconscious mind and you're not consciously aware that you're creating it. You know what I mean? We don't have to overcomplicate it. Okay. So I don't want to put you on the spot, but I'm going to really quick. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm totally okay with it. I love you. You're so open. It's amazing. Okay. So today I swear, I don't know what this is about me again. It could be the subconscious thing. And of course it only happens when I'm alone. Like when I'm with people that I love my friends, uh, loved ones, whatever, it doesn't really happen whenever I'm alone. And it happened today, right before this episode, but I swear people, when I'm alone, they have this natural knowing that they can just tell me whatever the hell is on their minds. And it's like, I don't know what that is, but I walked into the gas station today <laughs> and I was talking, I, I was asking this guy for one thing and the attendant just out of the blue was like, drop down, 
put his hand on his face and like it felt very dramatic but it was hilarious like at this like he was comedic at the same time and he was like he had a very strong russian accent and he was like oh my god like this libra energy is just messing with me this week and i was like I know for a fact he does not say that to everybody who walks in here. So I'm trying to figure out like what it was about me that he just knew. And then he was like, oh my God. And I'm like Aquarius dominant. Like he just went on and on. And I was like, well, I'm an Aquarius. Like, did you just subconsciously like, no, you could, you know, I was here. Like, what, what was this? So I don't know. Maybe this is some subconscious thing that I find funny in my experience of life. And I like want it to happen. And maybe I'm like asking for it. I don't know but it's always yeah. when I'm alone and just, I always have conversations with like the homeless guy on the street or like some person in the grocery store. That's always like my vibe. I don't know. Oh no, I, I am the same way. Okay, cool. I always, I always <laughs> joke with people and it's a joke, but it's actually completely serious that mm -hmm. if I meet a stranger, the stranger who like hits my heart and I'm like, I fucking love you. It always comes in the form of a 55 year old man every single time. Wow. Yes every time every time and it's not creepy you know how everybody's like oh like this creepy. old man was talking to me i was like i've never gotten thank god like i've never gotten that like creepy old man who's like trying to be weird with me it's always like some sort of message where i'm like what how did you know i needed that right now <laughs> like yes it's it's um it's funny because it's been multiple times and one of my best friends is actually a 55 year old man right. and for a while he I, I work with him and for a while he was like it's weird that we're friends like I tried to avoid being your friend because you're so young and I don't want to be creepy because he's hyper aware of creepy men you know and yeah. he doesn't want to be a creepy man man but well we have to you know do a little clap for him for being self-aware because that's rare <laughs> sometimes <laughs> literally but it could also be with you Going back to the human design piece, your type, so as a generator, there's um, different auras that you have. A projector, I think, I forgot. A projector is closed off, I'm pretty sure. But for the generator- Which is so and then funny because you hear the name and I think maybe this is why it's a bit confusing when, mm -hmm. since I don't know much. It's like, I would have assumed that the projector is more of the outward. Nope, the, the um, but it's, it's interesting because each have these, it's good to have an open aura, the generator, you have an open aura. So people are naturally magnetized toward you. Mm. But then on the flip side, get you get it, <laughs> the flip side. <laughs> um, usually that means that when you have an open aura, opportunities and people will magnetize you to you, but you will see that not happening for anyone else. So because of that, you put this unconscious guilt on yourself where like, okay, this is, this only works for me and no one else. So let me feel really guilty and make it a hundred times harder for myself and overcomplicate the hell out of everything. You know, I could just openly receive everything <laughs> that I want, but let me put 800 obstacles in front first. <laughs> okay. We can wrap up this interview now. <laughs> someone had told me that about myself and i'm like no i got so offended and then the last four months have been me discovering that in every single aspect no oh my god you just met you 
see, this is why I fucking love doing this show. This is why I knew that this was, you know, okay. You know, uh, sorry. I also talk in circles, so I'm going to go back to the beginning because for some reason it makes sense for me to go back to this very beginning point. So everybody can get just the most clarity here. But I remember talking to Joshua on here on like episode eight, and we were both talking about how we loved seeing Kylie live in her Dharma. Like she knows what she wants to do. She's doing it. Both Joshua and I were like, we still, we still don't know what we're, you know, what we're trying to do over here we're just having some fun but like blah 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 and now with every episode that happens I am like I know I'm supposed to be doing this at least because every single one of you guys and this is why I fucking love talking to all of you is you guys always like open up a floodgate for me that I needed to hear but like you know you don't know what it is until you hear it so you just open that up for me like the majority of my life I've done that guilt thing And I think I just kind of started to stop it within the last two years, like, you know, consciously or subconsciously. And yeah, you just saying that I'm like, that was my whole life. I always felt like, oh, there's no way this could be happening to me. I need it. Like, I need to put myself down because something this is weird. And like, I don't want to offend anybody. But like, what? Yes. Anyway, thank you. (laughs) I literally had the, the biggest... I was saying it was an epiphany, but it may be a little dramatic. It's just me being addicted to the drama, calling it an epiphany. Um, I call everything an epiphany. I See, I knew I liked you. I really feel very like, I feel like we have kind of a similar taste in comedy, perhaps. Yes. Perhaps. Okay. <laughs> perhaps. <laughs> um, so I had this epiphany recently of exactly what we're saying, just overcomplicating the hell out of everything. Um. So with my business, I had started doing readings like two years ago, and then quickly I start looking at everyone else and I'm like, but what if I do more things? So then what did I do? I just overcomplicated it and tried everything um, under the sun. Hello, like, I guess that's what I meant to do. Just try everything to let people know what works. (laughs) And then about a month ago, I came to this realization of like, It was great to try all of these things, but I do also love tarot and I know how to use the cards in a way of um, not going to say like I'm the best ever at it, but I know how how to position myself to give people or the people that need the readings, the readings like most people will just offer a tarot reading to everyone. But I had come to this conclusion recently that the people that need the tarot reading the most is usually a business owner or someone who's creating something like you with this podcast because if like if you're creating something from your passion Mm -hmm. then most of the time you have a lot of hesitancy toward what direction to go in or you just need clarity in some aspect and the tarot deck is the perfect tool to give you clarity but instead of being like oh i can just market this to entrepreneurs I was like, no, like, I'm not good enough for that because that's a whole identity within itself. Um, so then I just overcomplicated the hell out of it. And now I'm back here at the same spot I was, but with a higher level of awareness where I have all of these other tools like the Kundalini and the hypnosis, which all coincide with the tarot. So it's more of a well-rounded picture, you could say. And I'm grateful to have the clarity, but at the same time, like, damn, 
I just overcomplicated the hell out of everything. No, isn't it funny? I've, I've like felt like this in my life too. Like how we always think the trajectory of how our life is supposed to go with whatever we're doing. And, you know, the best one to talk about is like our, our life purpose or our job or whatever it is that we're putting our most energy into, um, creatively. And so you think visually, it's just this, like, this is what everybody gives you is this little diagonal line. Like, oh, this is the progress. Steady incline. Yeah. Steady incline. But what's hilarious is if you're an overcomplicator, like you just said, because amen, here I am. What I'll do is I'll do this, get up to this spot where I'm like, hell yeah, I finally did it. I, I'm here. But I also remember too, every time I say, oh, I finally did it. I know. No, I didn't. Cause you know, it's like, when I feel that good, I'm like, I'm going to learn something. Like it always just happens like that. So it's like, you go up this trajectory and then it's like, you go here and you kind of spiral back and maybe you'll go up here and then you'll spiral back and do like this little doodle back to get to the line. And then you got to come back to this and maybe you'll make it like two more steps higher than where you were before, but it's exactly what you're talking about, where it's like, you have this new clarity. Somehow there was something that you needed to fish out or, or clean out of that aura or of that, that direction. And then now it's like a little bit clearer as you just continuously <laughs> go up. But it's so funny. Cause I definitely do the same thing that you just talked about. So yeah, <laughs> I had to draw it. That's great. Um, yeah, that's that's the whole thing of life too. People think that we're linearly linearly building on our life, but if you look at at everything, every single thing in this world, it's all a cycle. Whether it's life and death, if you believe in past life, you know, rebirth, whatever you want to say, or the change of the seasons, um, the year. Mm-hmm. everything is a cycle so the way that you're creating your life it's also a cycle and this is something that i teach on um that i'm going to share because i think it's going to be valuable which is that every time you feel like you're 800 steps behind you're just like integrating your next level you're just getting ready to expand so we convince ourselves that like we're falling off the edge and like we're dying and we are dying to a certain extent because if you're stepping into a new identity mm-hmm. aka the person of you that has attained the goal or the vision or the desire you have to release the current identity that you're holding on to so it's going to feel like a death it's going to feel like you've you're 800 million steps behind where you thought you were um but once you're in that void space i like to call it you're able to actually be in this cycle of rebirth you're able to take a step into your expansion and that's Mm -hmm. all that life is when you manifest something it's not like there it is and then you get it and then Mm -hmm. that's it you always want something more if you're a woman or everyone has feminine energy in them in general so as a human your natural desire is to literally birth something it's to bring Mm -hmm. something into this physical world whether that is a human being a passion a project a business you bringing something into this world it requires you to go through this period of death beforehand and after because then you have to integrate the fact that you just got that thing you know it's not this this process of like let me work hard to then receive it and then i will be happy no you're gonna feel like shit because you weren't used to that and your nervous system is going to be dysregulated as hell (laughs) amen that's what people don't talk about is the dysregulated nervous system Like, I feel like you just nailed it on the head. like anytime that I've gotten something that I manifest, which like 
you know, once you kind of get into the groove, um, I think at first too, you can almost become afraid of what you manifest because once you start seeing it happen so fast, like then you can start getting into this like weird space. And then that becomes a whole other, you know, birth and death cycle too of finding this, you know, Oh, like manifestation is real, like whatever it may be. And, um, yeah. So I feel like you're just, you're just nailed it on the head again. I don't know. Like this is a great explanation. Yeah. Thank you. I'm here for you to stroke my ego at any time. I will always accept it. I will do that. I like love stroking people's egos, but I do it like because I, it's like you deserve it. <laughs> like, Thank you. <laughs> no, but that's it's that's so real. Like every time that I've stepped into something new, and speaking of your anxious attachment style or whatever it is whether it's with like a romantic partner or just like a friendship or anything that can happen, like job, you know, you start to get to that, like that fear thing where you're afraid to lose it or afraid to lose something that comes with it. That's why you don't have it. Right. Right. And then when you do get it, you're like, it's still like hard to accept sometimes that it's there and you have it. And so you go through this almost subconscious birth and and death cycle, even though it's right in front of you. And then Mm -hmm. it's like, yeah. 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 Something that I've been um, saying recently, which is something that my business coach taught me. Shout out Jenna Brown. If you're listening to this, I love you. She's fucking amazing. (laughs) Exactly. Um, And she was just saying the only reason why you keep the next level of whatever you want for your life away from you is because like, it's usually highly offensive for you to have that. Like it's highly offensive to the version of you right now, but it's also highly offensive to every single person that you're around <gasps> and, that, and you don't want to be highly offensive. So you're like, I'm not going to go get that thing. I'll consciously go and try to get that thing and put in the work and blah, blah, blah. But I will subconsciously block myself because I don't want to offend anyone. <gasps> this is such a good way to put it. Hello, codependency. oh it is so offensive to everything that is around you (gasps) I love this imagine you being that bitch that would not be okay (laughs) that would not fucking be okay even this this version of you like that would not be okay in some aspect (laughs) I love sharing this with people because they're either they either get it or they're like shut up (laughs) that's not true Right. Oh my God. No, I get it. (laughs) I fucking get it right now. Wow. Wow. That's so crazy. I'm sorry, everybody. I've been, okay. So just, just to piggyback off of this, I'll just explain. So like I've been going through, um, like this month, especially, and I was in such a groove with recording episodes and and doing all of these things that have really been um, something I'm passionate about. And for like two weeks, I had um, like, I, I work remotely, but I was working on an event. So I had to go to the event and do stuff on site and just be away from all of the normal things that I was doing for months on end. So that was kind of like this, this period where, um, you know, I'm feeling like I'm like, you're talking about, it's like, you kind of lose yourself in it. That, that version of myself was like offending the, the part that I felt like I had just created and was so used to that. I didn't even recognize like how I, I, I hate overusing the word trauma and like traumatic, but it was almost like this weird little, like, it felt a little bit traumatic. Like I was losing 
who I thought I had just built up. And it's like, no, take a step back, like calm down. You're just gone for like almost two weeks and you can go and, and like find balance and, and grace again. But that's so funny how you use that word in those terms, because like, that's really what I've been kind of like not, you know, non-verbally going through. And I didn't even have words to to express because again, hello, generator, we cannot express how we feel. So <laughs> thank you. Yeah, like it, it will land for you eventually. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> it's go, okay. Go. <laughs> um, <laughs> it will land for you eventually the way that you feel or what you're doing or whatever yeah. is on your mind. Um or in your body, I should say, because that's what the generator is. You think you're in your mind, but you're really just in your body. And it's this balance of slowing down the mind because the body is so fucking slow and the mind is so fast. As you know from the Kundalini, Kylie teaches on that all the time that there's, I forgot how many thoughts. It's like a thousand thoughts in your head for one blink of the eye, but you're only conscious for of like five of them. Something crazy. That I had makes read sense. I had read it in um, Invincible Living by Guru Jagat, but anyway, with the generator, you have this deep connection to your body and what lights you up, right? But when I say what lights you up, there's this whole other condescending thing of people have no discernment now. So when they yeah. learn astrology or they learn human design or numerology, they're like, well, this is just the way I act. So I'm only going to follow what lights me up in the moment. And then what do you do? You destroy any long-term vision you have for yourself and why it's probably, you know, cause you have an aversion to masculine structure because you have daddy issues or mommy issues. Um, and you don't, you just want to avoid the masculine structure. So you're like, AKA long-term vision, AKA support, safety, all of these things. You're like, fuck that. Let me do what lights me up in the moment because I'm a generator and that's how my type is supposed to operate. But no, no. <laughs> Dude, you just said something else I've been thinking about recently and I've, I've been wanting to talk about it a lot more is because right before we started recording, we, we kind of talked about it, just like fear mongering in general. So like, you know, a lot of this new age stuff, what... Well, you know, this stuff has been around for thousands and thousands and thousands of years, but, you know, as it's reaching TikTok, for example, or becoming more of a mainstream thing where like everybody knows their charts, everybody's trying to learn numerology, everybody's trying to learn this, this and that. It's like even almost the opposite of what you said in a way is like people get so hung up on their chart or so hung up on their number or so hung up on whatever their design is that they they no longer accept a version that strays from that blueprint too, you know? So it's like, oh, well, I'm a, I'm a rooster nine life path. I can't talk to you, you know, cause you're my enemy. And it's like, <laughs> but like how many times are we going to miss out on an opportunity that could be really, really good for us in our overall picture because we've like fear mongered ourselves. So yeah. like, it's just this whole thing of just using discernment. Like you're saying, it's, it's a hard time. Like a lot of times we're seeking for that discernment and that clarity. And a lot of times then we get stuck on that discernment and clarity and then we're no longer open. So mm -hmm. balance. It's, yes. It's just like, you can't operate from a rigid belief system all the time. Someone had actually told me recently, this is, I don't know if it's true, but it makes sense to me. I don't know what the truth is. You can't tell me. <laughs> I have to figure it nobody out for myself. Knows. Yeah, nobody knows. 
but um he had said that your goal isn't to master your zodiac sign or to master being this zodiac sign or this moon sign and living that way your goal is actually to master living on all of the archetypes of the zodiac wheel oh which is an interesting perspective right i like that because it's like if you inherently have all of these say gifts what makes those gifts even stronger learning about all of the things that you don't inherently have Mm -hmm. i like and that's that's also um this is something i wanted to mention i don't know like if i'm gonna go off on a tangent go off on a tangent i want to hear it (laughs) so with i've already talked about human design some so i just like i need to talk about my favorite thing ever because you probably have it 70 percent of the population has it i made um a post about it yesterday on my Instagram. Well, it was just the wisdom that comes from this space of human design and it's your ego center. And when you have an undefined ego center, it means that your identity, your ego, um, your motivation, your willpower, all of those things are not consistent. Mm -hmm. So you try on a hundred million different identities. You never feel consistently motivated to pursue any of them. You never have consistent self-worth like all of these different things and people are in the world are like be one person do one thing like consistently show up and you're like well sorry but i can't you know (laughs) i'm sorry i feel like shit all the time it doesn't matter if i'm gonna make a hundred million bajillion dollars i will still feel wake up one day and feel like i'm worth three dollars it doesn't matter it's not this thing and i think that it's this whole I wouldn't say I don't like using the term spiritual bypassing because what the fuck even is that? I don't necessarily believe in it, but it's this idea, I think, where people on the Internet, when they're teaching you how to manifest, they'll tell you, like, you need to think of yourself as like this fucking goddess so that people will treat you like this goddess. And bitch, I don't feel like a goddess most of the days, but do I still bring value? Yeah. Like, am I still good at what I do? Yes. But do I feel like I'm, I don't know, like the fucking queen of the castle? No. And you don't need to. That's the thing. Like, you don't need to feel like you're the fucking shit to be the shit. You can just be the shit and not have to put a label on it or like own that. I love that. Because you know what that brought into my mind is this whole new thing where it's like, use your dark feminine energy to get anything you need. And I'm like, have you ever met me? I'm a fucking goof. Like the dark feminine energy maybe comes out like once a year and maybe like, I I don't know. I don't even know if it's there, you know, but it's so funny where it's like, I I understand what you're talking about, where it's like, yeah, be the queen of the fucking castle. Yeah. Some days you just can't, you can't, but you are, but you just don't feel that way. Yeah. And like that, that's the thing. It doesn't, obviously the way you hold yourself has, um, um, like a reflection on the way that other people view you. But if you do like all of, if you change this person's life in a multitude of ways by just being you and you still feel like shit and they're praising you, like you're the queen, that's okay. You know, I don't think we should praise anyone like they're the queen personally, but if they're doing that for you, just accept it. That's why before I'm like, you can do anything to stroke my ego because eventually I'll still go through the cycle of like, I am the son of this is the scum of the earth. And um, do you know who Schmeagol is? I have heard of this. What, what is that? 
Yeah, do me a favor right now and just Google it real quick. Okay, hold on. Schmeagle. I'm gonna type type it in the chat. I think you spell it like this. There was this meme um that was made and it was like how everyone views me and it was like this it's like Gollum? Yeah, that's him. That's Schmeagle. <laughs> that's how you're you like that's me as an open ego center viewing myself. Like that's what I see as myself. <laughs> oh, I feel you. Isn't that crazy? Like sometimes we'll look at you, like we'll look at ourselves. I, I don't know. This happens to me sometimes. It's like I'll be feeling really, really good. Like I'll wake up, be like, hell yeah. Like I feel, you know, ready to take on the day. And then I'll sit on the couch and like my phone camera will like open up without me asking and like show myself and I'll be like that's what I've been looking like all day <laughs> and it's like it's funny because I feel like I don't connect my like my worth and feeling good like based on how I look but sometimes it just takes that that little front camera eight double chins and like the way you're sitting to be like what the hell like <laughs> I always I always love taking those pictures so I can look back on them and laugh of I had gotten glasses recently and I sent this hilarious picture um to my boyfriend and I'm like just got glasses and it was the fucking silliest picture and he's like you look so beautiful hard eye emoji I'm like this is this is why we're together because you just get it Aww. like I look fucking ridiculous <laughs> see like, he understands out. the humor shout out shout out a man who will tell you you're beautiful even though you both know it's not the day. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it though. That's so funny. My hair does that too with the bangs. Yeah. It's like, I don't know where it wants to be. I'm like, just got glasses. <laughs> it's so cute. I love it. That's so funny. No, but I feel you. This is another thing. Like, you know, I always say like, when we compare ourselves to the people who look like they have it all you know, figured out, or they seem like they're always happy. And even I, over the last like year or two, and I think this is the other thing is a lot of the times I just don't even like being on my phone. I get very sick of it very quickly. And, you know, we all have to recognize like our Instagrams are like highlight reels, like for the most part, unless a lot of people have the, the tendency to be very good at sharing pain and like you know, making it vulnerable and open for others to share. But that's not usually our thing is like, here, I'm going to go on and like share all my pain for the world to see, you know, we see that. Yeah, exactly. Like we all have our own. And so, you know, people will even say to me, oh, it looks like you've been killing it. Like, good job. And I'm like, you know, it's funny. It's like, thank you so much for feeling that way because you have not seen, you know, however many days. And I think we all forget that like everybody feels like that some days. Like yeah. it's not, it's not a unique experience that like, and there's the thing is there's nothing fucking wrong with it. Right. Like you could be listening to me right now. And because of your conditioning, you're going to be like, this bitch hates herself. Like she hates herself. You know, there's something wrong with her, but the truth is like, I'm in love with myself. I love myself. I will tell you that straight up. But the thing is I've been like not like I've been shamed for so long in the victim mindset, but in the truth of like, so many of us have been told that, you have to have a high self-worth to get things for yourself. And it's not the truth. You don't need, to, like, you need to value yourself in the way of, you know, take good care of yourself. But, like, you can feel like you're not doing enough and be able to openly receive so much abundance because there's social proof everywhere that that's possible. Why wouldn't it be possible for you? And people get so fixated on trying to, like, 
prove to themselves that they're worthy when that's not the actual issue. Like a subconscious limitation is probably why you don't have what you have. It has nothing to do with your worth. Even in business, like there's this whole saying with coaches, like charge what you're worth, but you don't charge what you, you're worth. You charge what you want to receive. And then you unblock your subconscious mind to be able to receive that amount of money or that amount of clients, whatever it is. That that's my opinion. <laughs> no, that's that's facts. That is that is facts. Like I'm taking all the, that you're saying in right now because I love what you're saying. Like these are things that I think a lot of the times too, we people don't like to talk about or people don't know that they can talk about it. Because, you know, if we are socially conditioned to believe like we already need to have the self-worth, then, you know, other people that we might feel like we want to share these things with, they might have that conditioning where it's like, you know, they go straight to like, oh, well, look at this person. Like they don't have self-worth. I've got to kind of block myself off and not be vulnerable because I'm afraid that I'm going to lose, you know, whatever self-worth I've got right now. And so then it becomes this thing where we don't even really want to talk about our emotions or share like, you know, conditioning too. there's so much we can talk about. I have like a whole stack over here of like childhood psychology and like how we're brought up, you know, where it's like your emotions were a scary place, like from a young age. And, you know, then we just don't talk about anything. So I love that you're sharing all this because it's so true. And hopefully somebody who's like listening, they're like, oh my God, I've been feeling like that. But I thought I was like, you know, not Mm -hmm. giving myself justice or whatever it is. The thing is too, you know, it's not the truth for some people, like for some people with the defined ego center. So what I'm saying, like self-worth is inconsistent and it will never be consistent. That's for people with an undefined ego center in human design. If you have a defined ego center, that's only 30% of the population. So it's not the majority, but for those people, like they need to prove themselves. That's what their life revolves around. But the undefined ego is highly offensive again, because I'm out here just fucking doing it. I don't have like, I don't have the title or the value or whatever you want to say, the qualifications. And here I am just fucking doing it. That's highly offensive for someone who it lives in the paradigm that's true for them where they have to prove themselves in order to get that thing or have the worth in order to, you know, whatever, be that person, step into that identity. I'm checking this out now because now I think that I might have a defined ego center from what it showed me. And I'm like, hold on. (laughs) (laughs) I would be super, um, super interested to know about that human design. It's, it's really interesting. There's um, people say that you can use it to find the most optimal way of living, like for your design. But it's also for me, from the aspect of subconscious reprogramming, it shows you everywhere that you've been conditioned. Hold on. Okay. I'm like, did it load? <laughs> no, I know. I have this app, and I'm like, why did it? Why did it uh, kick me out? I need to log back in. Okay, hold um. on. My chart, crown, inspiration, ideas. I don't know if I have the best app, y'all. This isn't new for me. Okay. You go on Safari too. If it's blue, is that defined? Yeah, it would be colored in. It would be colored in. Okay, no, I don't have that ego thing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You're normal. Well, not normal, but you're the majority, you know. Um, Interesting. 
Yeah. So that's why too, sometimes like in the Kundalini class, yeah, I feel like me and my friend Jess, who's also in it, we always talk about how Kylie definitely has a defined ego because some of the things that she says, like they aren't true for me. And I'm not going to hire a teacher or in any aspect that says things that only I agree with. Right. So I'm not here to be like, she needs to talk differently because like you can trigger the hell out of me. That's why I signed up because, right. you know, triggers, they point you to where you need to work on. And she will say some things that trigger the hell out of me. But I know it's because like she probably has a defined ego where she's like, you need to feel worthy so that that opportunity can actually come from you. I'm like, but I don't feel worthy <laughs> or like so work funny. so hard so that you can deserve it. You, That's like, me. you don't live in that paradigm. You don't have to work so hard. <laughs> right. That is me where I feel like, and I think I recently stopped maybe because just out of actually laziness, but it's been freeing. Um, but I've always been that person where it's like, if something is too easy to get, like it's, it must not be right. Or it must not be, you know, good. And that, that I realize is like that, that conditioning too. But overcomplicating it. There you go. There you go. What the hell? My God. So like, this is my chart. I don't, I think this app, like I need to get a wow. better. So I have like four. I, I think you're under. Yeah. So you have, um, you have this, I think that's the solar plexus. The heart is, oh my God. Okay. So what I want to share with you is the crown chakra and the, um, third eye chakra that's a lot of those are your um your head chakras obviously you know that being undefined with the head chakra that means that like people pour thoughts into your brain like most of the thoughts you think aren't even yours they're just like out here saying things so sometimes when you're just trying to decipher what the truth is you're very easily impressionable like when when someone tells you something you're like yeah that sounds really right and then you live in that paradigm and then eventually it doesn't sound right anymore to you. And you're like, where did this come from? Yes. <laughs> but no, that's, that's actually, yeah. Th- that is correct. <laughs> but it's funny because I'll like test it out. So it's like, I actually go into everything without defining anything. If that makes sense. Like, I think that's why, um, not that I was the kid that it was hard for me to learn. That wasn't it at all. It was like, if you told me something and you were like, this is the, the doggone truth, I'd be like, okay, I'm going to go test that theory to like prove it. Like, because otherwise, if I cannot prove it to myself, then I cannot, like, it's not going to be there anymore. So I'm I don't curious. know what that is. I'm, no, I think I know what it is. Um, okay. Under the chart, there's these two numbers. They're called your profile. Is there okay. a one in there or a six or a three? Those are my guesses. Okay. So I, on this app, I have a two, four. Oh, damn. Which says I'm, that I'm the I'm easy wrong. breezy genius. <laughs> but then on a different app, I put in my same birthday, whatever. And it told me that I was the extroverted hermit. And I was like, yes. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> like, I love that. Oh, well, I have, I have my, my life theme, my purpose in life, what I came to accomplish in this life. It's right angle cross of the Sphinx 13, seven dash one, two. I have no clue what the fuck, <laughs> what the fuck this app is. I got to get a better app. Damn it. My damn. thing is like that too. I think my, 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 um, my something it's like incarnation cross 
it's like the sleeping phoenix halfway something i'm like bitch just give me the definition <laughs> i don't need the fancy name um but the reason i asked was because you have a profile in human design so it's two numbers the first number is the conscious life that you're living out and then the second number is like the unconscious life you're living out and there's this profile i'm a four six i know a lot like four six is pretty common or at least i meet a lot of people that are four six and i want to tell you um or that's random if you have a four in your profile which you didn't mention four is the number of the opportunist so that would mean like relationships things come to you through your network of people you don't need to look externally any like job opportunities or really good opportunities that have ever come to you just kind of landed in your lap like you didn't probably didn't put in a resume or be like this is why i want this it was just there and you're like Okay, I guess I'll do this. <laughs> yes, so I do have a two four, and uh, yes, that is it's always been through my network. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, always. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I was surprised though. I would expect you to be a three line because the three line is the line of trial and error. Oh. So that's like you. I. That's me. I have okay. a six profile. So for the first half of my life, I experienced my life as a three line. So I. I, the sixth line is something called the wise sage. So for the first half of my life, I'm the trial and error girl, and I'm just out here trying it all. And then for the second half of, or the last half of my life, I'm just explaining to everyone what worked and what didn't work. <laughs> like, come to me for the answers, because I'll tell you how you're fucking up. Um, that's funny, because I kind of feel like I do do that, too. Yeah. So that's, that, that's interesting. Huh. Okay, well, so like the two on this app is saying that I'm the natural and then the four is saying that I'm the people person. So, hmm. Interesting. I'm going to get a different app. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, um, whatever you want to do. Some places, I'm not sure exactly what website it is, but there's some websites that will give you like a full 32 page breakdown, but that will probably overcomplicate it for you, in my opinion. I I have this talent here. Here I am stroking my own ego. Now. Let's go stroke it. Um, something that I'm really good at is explaining really complicated things in simple terms. That's cool. So I have told multiple people about human design and I've gotten the reply of, I always knew about this and people have tried to explain it to me, but I never understood it. And yeah. I'm like, well, here I am trying to explain the little that I know because I'm not an expert. If you tried to give, if I tried to give you a reading, I could tell you something, but I wouldn't be able to read everything for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can, I can tell you what it is. Even, are you familiar with quantum physics at all? Yeah. 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 So I teach a lot on quantum physics and how that happens how you're creating your reality and i i feel like i've mastered breaking that aspect down into very simple terms of this is this everything is around you is essentially you know it's just a projection of your subconscious mind right your subconscious mind is formed throughout childhood plus trauma um but with the whole quantum idea it's the it's the idea that every single possibility for the future some version of you that you can imagine it all exists it's in some timeline out there in the quantum field it's a matter of you deciding which version of yourself which identity you want to become to step Mm -hmm. into 
and then taking the steps to shift on an identity level to become that person. And that usually requires reprogramming the subconscious mind, which is, you know, my specialty. That's why people generally come to me. But <laughs> it's interesting when you work with clients or even with this podcast, the people that you work with in the spiritual sense or even on a mental or emotional level, if you're interviewing people like on here, they will come to you to say something because not necessarily because like they need to share it, but because you need to hear it. Right. And this is true. Like for my clients, I will receive, I had done, um, I was at this fair a while ago and I was doing like a bunch of fucking readings, like person after person, after person, after person. And I kept getting the same message, which was like, everyone knows their purpose. Like everyone has a passion, but they mm. just aren't fully committed to it. Mm. People get so stuck on thinking, what is my soul's purpose? What am I supposed to do? And the truth is they know what lights them up. Like they know what opens their heart, but they're questioning it or they don't have enough time or space or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And it's this whole, this whole illusion of like, people are so stuck in the, I don't know identity yes. of like, well, I, I just don't know what's going to happen. So let me not, let me not do anything. Right. And what is that? Like, you're just in freeze mode, honestly. Freeze mode. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. That was the, so this is another thing too, um, with, you know, I, I would put Esther Hicks and, uh, Abraham Hicks under this category of like quantum physics and parallels and whatever. But one of my favorite things that Abraham Hicks has ever said is like, we're so free that we can choose bondage. And that is what that is. It's like, yeah. we're so free. We can choose anything that we desire. And yet, because that leap somehow seems more scary than being a prisoner, we choose the prisoner. Yes. I love that. I had, um, I said this theory recently, I had gone on like Instagram live, I think like a month ago or two to share this. And it was this whole aspect of fear and the way that the reason why you've incarnated on earth, I believe is because like, you're meant to transform your your fear or your limitations into like some type of limitless life to help your soul evolve, to learn some type of lesson. And the thing is when you're able to identify the fear, most people think that's where you stop. Mm -hmm. Like that's like the edge of your comfort zone. So I'm not going to go any further, but people need to reframe their perspective to realize that fear is actually the gas pedal. Fear is like the, the big alarm, like ding, 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 ding. This is the direction that you should go into because when you face a fear, all you do is evolve your soul. Now, the thing is, if we can like imagine you standing at the edge of a cliff, you can go ahead and jump off into your fear and face your fear and do it. And then you'll go to the edge of another cliff and you'll face another fear. And all you're doing is helping your soul evolve. But most people just want to dangle at the edge of the cliff. And the thing is, eventually the universe will fucking push you into your fear eventually yeah. it will happen it's literally inevitable that you're going to face your fear but the question is how much time do you want to waste do you want to spend your whole life getting over one thing or would you rather just be like fuck it i know a hundred other blocks are gonna come up to get in my way because i signed up for earth so and how much of a better feeling is it to like choose when to do that fear instead of being pushed because that's like that's the perspective of being grateful for it versus not. And I feel like that's like, th this is just a concept that's coming up for me. Like as a good example is like, say somebody really wants to be a parent 
and that's like a fear for them, but then it comes out of nowhere and it's like being, they're being pushed off of that, that space instead of being able to like consciously just be like, okay, I'm going into that fear and like allowing it to choose. So I don't know that, like you were saying with creativity too, birthing a company, whatever it is, it's that like, it's like, wouldn't it feel better to just consciously choose, you know, sometimes we don't get that luxury, but it's like, just think about it that way. So if you're going to get pushed off either way, why not consciously pick that moment? (laughs) It's, that's like, it's the logical way of thinking of it. And the thing is when you jump off the cliff enough times, or you get pushed off the cliff enough times, you're like, let me just jump off. And then you jump off the cliff into the fear and you're like, wow, this isn't any easier, but I'm going to start to slowly trust the process. Um, And that had actually, you know, that had happened to me last year around this time. I was in college and I wanted to work on my business and I had done this tarot spread and it basically had said like, your bit, like you will never get to where you want to be if you keep not pursuing it and just like halfway <laughs> doing it. And I'm like, that's so offensive. I don't want to hear that. Goodbye. And I put all the cards away. Um, And I was so unfulfilled and I wanted to face the fear of like, because my fear at the time was dropping out of school to pursue my business and then having everyone tell me like, that's a horrible idea, you know, what are you doing X, Y, Z. So I didn't do it for like three months. And then I had gotten this email from the school that was like saying So I didn't get vaccinated and I put in a religious exemption and they accepted my religious exemption. And then I was at the doctor's the one day because they told me that I need to go to the doctor's office or else they will not continue to accept me as a patient. So I was like, what the fuck does this mean? But my mom was like, just go, just go, blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, whatever. So I went and then they were trying to give me all of these shots and I was denying all of these shots. And at the time too, I was very... um, I was in like the paradigm of like, I need to please everyone (laughs) because that's the safest thing to do, AKA childhood, being responsible for everyone else's feelings. Yeah. yeah. So (laughs) I had gotten this like tetanus shot because the doctor was like trying to persuade me to get the tetanus shot. And I was like, as long as they're not trying to vaccinate with me me with the coronavirus vaccine, I don't care. Um, So I had gotten this tetanus shot and then the school had emailed me because they asked for like, these health forms and they saw that I had gotten that shot after I sent in my religious exemption. So they're like, your exemption is violated. You can't come back to school. Like you're not allowed to register for classes until you get the, um, the coronavirus vaccine. And I'm like, okay, I guess I just need to drop out of school. (laughs) And the universe said like, fuck you. They were like, yeah, yeah, bitch, you're going to be dropping out of school to fulfill your soul's purpose. Um, no more waiting. But that That's... was only three months of my wasted time. I could have wasted for like the full four yeah. years of my college experience. Well, two years, I think, was left of my college experience. And then like went to work a job that I hated and did all these things. But the universe did us like snatched me and was like, no. Oh, my God. I got snatched in March. I got snatched in March. Oh, you did? So so um, I was working for so I've, I knit sweaters as well. Like, and so a lot of people don't know that like my, my background 
career has always been in fashion and uh, sweater making. And so I'd always gotten into these jobs where I was like not working on the sweaters though. I wasn't working on the knitwear. I was working on everything else, which was fine. Whatever. Learned a lot. Finally got my sweater design position that I was like, cool. Like I can finally rock this. Like it took me like six, seven years. I'm a senior now. Like I can, I senior level, whatever I can like fucking do this. I was starting to recognize that the, the, you know, and, and sorry, job, if anybody is going to listen to this, but I was starting to recognize that the woman that I was, that was one uh, level above me, I was starting to do all of her work, but it was under the guise of like, she just couldn't work the computer. You know, they hired her because she has the design skills, but she's quote old school. She hand draws everything. So I had to take everything and do it on the computer and make the cats, make the sketches. I was starting to realize I was like, huh. I think I'm actually doing two people's work because I was up until like two, three a.m. in the morning doing all this work every single night. Luckily, I worked remote, but still. And I had this one thought. I was like, I think I might have to quit this job because like this is so unsustainable. Tell me why a week later I didn't even have to think about that because for the first time in my life, I got fired. <laughs> and so it was like that. It was that. But it was like I had no I did I expect to get fired? No like nothing. It was just like pull the rug. And that was when I started to recognize too. I was like, okay. So like anything that I do want to manifest, like I really am getting good at this because I didn't even need to think about taking the two week notice. Like the universe just said, here, we got you. And they were like, here, now you can apply for benefits. I was like, okay. But it was really, really weird. And it would have been too, like, if I wasn't tapped into that, like I would have been so like egoically like, oh my God, I got fired. Like what's wrong with me kind of thing, you know? And then I was like, huh, this is actually very exciting. <laughs> like very weird. Like yeah. this, this is fucking great. That, yeah. That's amazing. The thing with the fashion industry too, I actually went to um, fashion school for like a year. That was one of my many identities. Oh, where did you go? I went to FIT in New York. Okay. Cause I was going to say, I went to SCAD and it was, that's funny that you said FIT. Cause that was the one that I wanted to go to at first. And then I got drawn to SCAD but yeah anyway I just wanted to see but yeah yeah so you did a year there yeah um and the thing about the fashion industry is like one like everyone is just competing with each other for no reason and it's like you're living in a fucking false reality where the normal work hours are 70 hours a week yes yes you're not saying (laughs) anything wrong but but here we're gonna you, pay you five dollars <laughs> like, let's work you like a fucking slave and like you're lucky yeah. to be here because so many people couldn't be here and <laughs> no this is the thing that they say people and this is no no like I always say too, like people if you fucking eat breathe sleep fashion and you love that shit good you work in the industry I liked I was like that for a minute I went to school as soon as you're in that, like you're saying, they always say, take whatever job offer is given to you because another girl is right behind you wanting that job even more than you. And so then you're like sitting there for like five years settling for like a $40,000 paying job. And you're like, I live in LA. How am I supposed to survive? <laughs> like what is going on? But yeah, you're not wrong. That is the fashion industry 101. And it's yeah. the whole idea too of like looking at that that version of me a few years ago and then me now 
I'm like, why did I create that for myself? Like, did I just really project like my childhood on like, I need mommy and daddy to love me. So let me like go try to like earn my love by working for this person or going to the school where I feel like I'm in constant competition with other people because that's how it felt like when I was a kid. Did I just do that? Because I think I just did, you know? And the same is probably true for you to a certain extent because if you're settling for shit, it comes from somewhere, either the school brainwashing you, but the only yeah. reason you went to the school was because of something, you know, that had happened prior of like, you want to create this identity from yourself for yourself and you want yeah. to be this type of person. Um, and then you do it and you're like, wow, this is actually horrible. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I think that was another thing is like when I talk to all SCAD students and there's still a, a bunch of my friends live out here and then I'll meet a lot of SCAD kids um, from later years that have moved out here and I'll be like, oh my God, you went to SCAD. Okay. Like what's the same school, blah, blah, blah. And like, we'll talk about it and we'll be like, did you like, once you actually got into the industry, realize that they've been lying to you the entire time? Because like the work industry is significantly less hard than whatever they were doing at school to us. So they, they did to an extent, they did brainwash you and they, they, they want you to feel very, very scared that somebody else is going to take your job. So there was a lot of that competition, like you're talking about. And then you recognize like the fashion industry, I get calls all the time from, um, fashion recruiters because they're like, we, we have so many spots that we need to fill because nobody, like nobody wants to, to do the work anymore. Like, I mean, that's a lot of industries, but yeah, it's really yeah. interesting. Yeah, there's there's like two perspectives, you know, you can take on it too, which is no one wants to do the work because they're lazy or no one wants to do the work because they realize it's not fucking worth it. You only have yeah. one life. So why are you going to live your life half lived? You know, I was talking to um someone the other day who's like trying to become a police officer and this, I have adverse feelings about this person and I really don't feel weird about anyone. I'm never like, this is a bad person. But I mm -hmm. think that this person is honestly the worst person I have like ever met. And I'm not trying to call him out, but like- No, it's an intuitive thing. Yeah, yeah. No, and that's I'm that's like, okay. Yeah, yeah. Where did they pull him from? Like who who made him? Where did he come from? Like what the fuck? Um, yeah. <laughs> but he was said something like, I just want to work my police job so that in 25 years I can retire and like live good. That's like, actually really old school, you know, like maybe. Did, was, like, did you really just say like you want to waste 25 years of your life, but not even consciously recognize that you just said that? Yeah, that's really interesting. So this book right here, it's the Ozzy Osbourne um, biography. So it, part of his uh, upbringing was he was in, uh, England and was in all that factory work. So like in his generation, a lot of kids, they would do like, uh, meat processing plants and watch shops and like just very, um, blue collar stuff. And he, his whole thing about how he became a, a musician was he looked at this one guy who I believe was maybe like 70, at the time, still working in the factory with him. And I think at the time he was saying he was either 18, 19, like very young, just got into the workforce, whatever. And this man was so excited that after like 50 years of working at that factory, he was given a pocket watch by the company for all of the years of dedication. And everybody in the factory, including that man, they were over the moon excited. They were like, I got, you know, he got his watch, like he did it. And Ozzy was like, like the part that he wrote 
goes who wrote who knows who wrote it but you know was saying the the chapter was that he looked at that and he was like i felt like i was in it, an alternate reality because i was like i'm gonna have to do that's what i get after 50 years and i'm about to like collapse on this floor is a pocket watch and then now we have Ozzy Osbourne. So, you know, it's, it's those moments that it's really interesting that that man has that you're talking about has that perspective because that's very old school. That's very like industrial revolution. Like, you know, yeah. you just work in the factory for years on, on years. Yeah, <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. But like, too. So I'm, I will always psychoanalyze everyone. It's just something that I do. And it's I not like too. I can't help it, but I take really good pride in it. And some people, I don't really tell them unless they ask for my opinion. Um, some people cannot take my opinion, you know. If I psychoanalyze you and you tell me that I'm wrong, I feel like I'm so good at it that I just know that you're not self-aware if you tell me that I'm wrong. You know, what? and that's not to be like, I'm the fucking best and I live inside of your brain, but it's just the truth. Like, if I know you well enough and you're telling me about your issue... And I tell you, this is why you created it. And you're just projecting from this situation. And you try to tell me you're, I'm not right. I'm like, okay, I have no more words to say to you. But I was psychoanalyzing this, this person. I see him pretty often. And I'm kind of just realizing like the whole thing is he's just really stuck in survival mode. Like so many people mm -hmm. are when they're not on a journey to expand their consciousness. They just want to do the safest thing. Yeah. Because that's all they've ever been taught. And, you know, that fucking sucks. Imagine, like, I'm not going to chase my dreams or discover who I am because, like, I just need safety. And I see that a lot in, in, um, in people. Like, I'll give you an example. My sister, she does not appreciate. Sometimes she appreciates my psychoanalyzations. Other times she's like, no, you're wrong. Um, but she just recently went back to school to get her master's degree. And she's a nurse right now. This is like the first time in her life where she's making steady income, like she's got a good job, easy hours, no drama, no chaos, no nothing in her life. So what does she do? She goes ahead and signs up to get her master's to create drama and chaos in her life because it feels safer to her nervous system to be in a state of chaos than to be calm. There are many people who live in this reality of the chaos driven world. It is so interesting. It is so interesting. Like I do a lot of, um, well, I've, I always make a really bad joke about like having in field experience with studying personality disorders because I've dated a few anyway. Um, so with that infield experience, I actually really just started, I, I, actually prior to that, I wanted to be a criminal psychologist. So I was about to go get my master's for that. Then I think I had a cosmic joke happen where it was like, I, I got a job offer um, for, a, at the time, this was my like dream job on paper, which, which was to work for revolve.com. So I did go do that. But um, with that, I, that's the cosmic joke is I got the infield criminal psych behavioral profile you know, whatever training. And so then I started reading and started to understand like how this is happening because I was like, how did I meet two people back to back that were incredibly similar in almost like to a T it was like the mannerisms, like the behavior, everything was very, very similar. Like, how does this happen to where it's like across the board when you meet this personality disorder, like 
like you can cross it off on like a list. It's, it's really, really, really interesting to me. And you start to recognize that, which is a key component is that they are just not safe unless it is chaotic, even though they are creating the chaos or they are more comfortable and they need everybody else to be in the chaos too. That's the really sad part about it is that, yeah, it's like anything that feels safe. And especially if you are a safe, uh, emotionally secure to a certain degree person, they're going to take it out on you the most because you're not chaotic. So they have to create the chaos. So it's really interesting how we all kind of like have this little level of, of needing something chaotic or, or to, to make it feel worthwhile, like working hard to make something work or like whatever it is and how we can get stuck in that. And sometimes it takes those really intense moments. I know it did for me where it was like, um, like I said, in the beginning, that was how I think I found myself in those situations is like working hard to make things work. And I had to work really, really hard to make things stable. And so you have to like, sometimes you have something that just hits you in the the face metaphorically where it's like, this is not working anymore. And so maybe that person after like, you know, being in that survival mode for so long, maybe there will be something that triggers like, okay, just kidding. Like I'm good. I got to I got to reframe this, but a lot of the times, a lot of us just, we, we stay in the chaos. It's really, really interesting how our brains work. That's yeah, and it's, that. it's interesting. <laughs> it, it is. Um, it's 99% of the time, you know, a recreation from childhood or some type of trauma, but also like bringing up the point of like working hard in order mm-hmm. to make something work. It's, it comes from, in my experience, you know, it comes from you always needing to earn yeah. like love essentially. And we all want to say like our parents loved us because that's what we think. Like they loved us and we received love from them. But when you actually look at your childhood, you probably never received love. You were probably only convinced that you had to earn love through like being the good girl or getting good grades or being the quiet one or being good at sports or whatever it was. And it's created this reward system in your mind of like, I have to do this to get that. But what if you didn't live in that paradigm of sacrifice? What if you could just receive openly and it didn't have to be this game of like, in order to gain, I have to lose. Right. Oh. And I had actually, um, I made a hypnosis this morning for one of my clients and it was um it was clearing that limiting belief in order to gain i had to lose i have to lose and i had done work similar to that a few months ago and then things would just start popping up in my reality where i was like i am open to receive it all and i would do no work and then i'm just like random amounts of money coming to me or like these good opportunities just coming to me i'm like Thank you, subconscious mind. I guess this is working. <laughs> it, it, it is so wild. Like once you start doing the work, because you really think like after a certain point, I know for me, I would like repeat patterns and then like slowly, but surely. And I think everybody does this for whatever pattern it is. It's like when you have even like a glimpse of self-awareness, you're starting to see, okay, this is happening to me uh, multiple times. Maybe like the people in it is playing a different character, whatever it is, but I'm, I'm reaching the same pattern. Like something's got to change. And I remember feeling so self-aware about it, but still it was not changing. And I was like, what is, 
not working for me. And that's when I started to do the, the whole, like, you know, meditation, sub subconscious work that a lot of people, you know, if they had known about this years ago, just where we might be at, but there was just, you know, the, there, there hasn't been a lot of, um, what's the word appreciation for the subconscious in our culture and in society, we just kind of, you know, push it back. Like it doesn't matter. It's easier to convince people that like, no one is in control of anything. You know what I mean? Because then they can't, because if you're telling someone who, um, like your spouse just died or something crazy traumatic happened to them, or like they just got hit by a car and you're like, well, you created that for yourself. They're going to be like really hurt. Right. They don't want to listen to that. And the thing is with some situations, this is an unpopular opinion, I feel like, because for a while I couldn't accept this. And that is that you need to be the victim. We can't just be like, and nothing affects me because the truth is when you're not the victim and you act like these things that you have been through aren't affecting you or like you can get over it and blah, 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 like you're stronger than it. All you actually do is close your heart because you don't allow yourself the time or the space to grieve. Like you right. need to be the victim in order to step into the whole creator aspect of it. And I'm not saying like being the perpetual victim is a good thing. I think being the victim to your trauma and to just bad things that have happened to you, you need to be comfortable in that role because that also takes it. Um, it adds on to the the idea that we need to be more comfortable with allowing ourselves to take up space. No, and not I, sorry, yeah. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I just agree complete. I, I agree completely because I believe that a lot of the times, and I actually kind of brainwashed myself with this whole like. Um, I, I don't like the term toxic positivity. I don't, I don't like this concept, but maybe it kind of fits into that. I don't know. But this whole thing where I, I started to believe so much, like, yes, I am the creator of my reality. So I cannot accept that I am the victim because I did that to myself, but then recognizing too, like, okay, we are co-creating with other people. And a lot of the times it is like, it's a dynamic between two or more individuals or whatever might be going on. And that doesn't, mean that it never happened. Like you're saying, it doesn't mean that those moments aren't crucial to our overall understanding. And maybe we, we garner more empathy. Maybe we garner more skills because of those moments of being in that. I like to call it contrast. Like, you know, this contrast moment of like this dark period or this dark place, and then knowing how to navigate further later where it's like, there's always going to be dark and light, but maybe it's not going to be as severe because you can now have like a different perspective and more control on it. But I think this whole like thing where a lot of people like to discount the things that have happened to them, it doesn't serve us well because I, I used to do that too. And then before you know it, it just, it's just repressed. And what happens after a while, when you try to like repress a beach ball under water, what's going to happen? The beach ball just pops back up, pops back up. So like, I think what you're saying is really, it, it's spot on. And I think a lot of the times I, you know, you just said it was an unpopular opinion, but I don't know, it, to me, it just feels like it's, it's natural to say that. And maybe in this space too, it's because we come across a lot of people who are like, you know, everything is good and, and woo woo and stuff like that, which is, is great. You know, we love the the optimism and everything, but it doesn't mean that the negatives haven't happened like you're talking about.
and that we can like appreciate those moments too, even though it is traumatic and sad and, you know, we don't like to go through those moments. Yes, a hundred percent. And um, something I had said recently is that the depth of the pain that you experience in this lifetime, it's a reflection of the power that you're able to step into. Ooh. And the thing is, like, if you don't actually feel your pain, then you'll never be able to step into your power. So if you're going to go ahead and say, like, I'm not the victim, I'm the creator and like discount everything that you've been through, then you're discounting your power at the same time because you don't actually hold the wisdom of those experiences. I had um, I had seen. I don't, I forgot who it was, but it was someone from um, GG33 recently tweet something like, you know, the person has a soul when like bad shit happens to them. And it's just the fucking truth. You know what I mean? Bad shit happens to most, to a lot of us. And the thing is, are you actually willing to like accept it? I know someone, um, one of my coworkers, actually, I work a part-time job and she always updates me. I don't think she'll mind if I share this because I'm not going to share any detail, but she'll always update me on her life. And it's always some like crazy ass thing that happened. Like I've known her for a few months, but I know her entire life story. And she's been through a lot of fucking shit. And then when she starts talking about someone else being the victim, she's like, I'm still here. I'm still living like they got no excuse. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, yeah. And she's right to a certain extent because she's actually felt the pain that she's been through and like here she is. So it gives her a lot of um credit as to like the powerful person that she can become if yeah. she's willing to actually step into that instead of being um too focused on the past because that's a whole other perspective with the victim, you know, you can be the victim um to grieve your past, but when you be let the past continue to affect you, that's when it gets a little wonky when um, your present moment just freaking flies away. Oh, okay. You know what? I actually, you know, right before you go to bed and you have all these great thoughts and then you forget them when you wake up. Okay. So the, the other night I had this thought that I want to piggyback off of what you just said, because I wanted to write it down and then I was too tired, but I had this moment where I was like, speaking of the past, coming in and just taking away moments or whatever it can be if we allow that to just like create our identity from that past experience or whatever it is it's actually stealing from you if that makes sense like I was starting to notice I was like if I sit in that and I sit there for too long or if I go back there and not saying that I haven't worked through it but if it's like if I hadn't worked through it and I've allowed it to just sit there then that's literally stealing all these moments of time that could be beautiful later. And it's like, what would I do if I was 90 years old right now, looking back, like, what would I say? And I'd be like, wow, if I like stay in that spot, I'm going to think back and I'm going to be like, I wish I didn't spend years in that place, you know? And so that was a really healing, like little tool was like to do the, I I've heard it called the wheel or not the wheelchair, the, the rocking chair test where it's like, you envision yourself as an old person and looking back at your life. And it's like, that's an easier way to kind of like move yourself forward. It's like, I really wish I didn't spend this much time worrying about that or whatever it is, but it doesn't mean that it didn't happen, but yeah. So I just had to share I that because I was going to forget it <laughs> again. No, that, that's amazing because in a way too, it, 
it dissociates you from the present moment you going into that exercise so you don't carry with you all of the fears and the emotions it's more of just like an outside perspective of someone that would know you the best which is yourself <laughs> you really do have a really good way of explaining things that are tough concepts so i appreciate Thank you, you. Yeah. <laughs> if you ever need me to speak, let me know. <laughs> I will let you know. And I just realized that we almost, we're, we went over like, we're almost at our two hour mark. So that just proves how much wow. I like to hear you speak. So that's so funny. Um, but yeah, just because I won't, you know, we, I always say everybody too, like once you come on here, you always have a space to come back. So we can definitely do like a little two-parter, a little twofer later. But oh, yeah. I would love to have you back on. So, you know, I didn't even say this in the beginning, but, you know, welcome to the flip side podcast where we talk everything upside down and inside out. And today we had Gabby Ravito here, AKA the feisty hippie. So if people want to like book a reading with you and, you know, dabble in this beautiful mind that you have that we just got to spend like almost two hours do dabbling with, like, where can people find you? How can they reach out and, you know, see some of your services, get one of your services? What, what can they do? Yeah. So you can follow me on Instagram. Um, my Instagram is feisty hippie and my website, which is all of my services. I offer one-to-one -one so services. So tarot readings, I do coaching sessions i do a combination service of tarot and hypnosis so that session is like the first half is tarot so i uncover subconscious limitations or the blockages you're facing right now um and then the hypnosis is guided toward like releasing those blockages after the session you receive an audio file so you get to continue to use the hypnosis um that you can book on my website uh, my website is feistyhippie.com it's in the link in my bio on Instagram as well. Dude, I fucking love you. <laughs> I love you too. You're amazing. No, I definitely want to have you back on here. So thank you for sharing like two hours of your time with me. I, that's so funny. This is what every time, every time I like think that we've been talking for like 30 minutes and it's like two hours. And I love that. I love that feeling when time stands still. It's beautiful. <laughs> the Yes, the presence. But anyway, guys, thank you again for listening to the Flipside Podcast, where again, we talk everything upside down and inside out and follow the feisty hippie on Instagram, go to her website, do all of the things. This was just a beautiful healing little moment for me. So hope you guys can get some clarity and healing and, and you know, uncover those subconscious blocks because we all deserve to be living our truest, best, bestest life. So yeah, thank you again, Gabby, for being on here. I appreciate you for having me. <laughs> All right, bye, everybody. Bye.